The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. M. Rossiano. I am the Epworth Hospital's worst nightmare. And Michael Lucas. Taylor and Travis did almost end my life. This is M. Salation. Do you think that's what drove him to shave, shave his, his head? head. <laughs> <laughs> You're in M. Salation. Well, hello there and welcome to M Salation. My name is M Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain and a podcaster. And together with my best friend since I was 11, award-winning screenwriter Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every Thursday. Hello. How are you as we crawl to the end of the year? As we, we're, what are we, mid-November? I imagine your minds are turning towards Christmas and the exhausting mental load that entails. I'm getting asked, you know, what are you doing for Christmas? You know, are you looking forward to it? And I'm brutal about Christmas. I look people in the eye and I say, no, I don't look forward to Christmas in any capacity because I'm small work. (laughs) And every year I say, right, this year, Everyone's just getting one present. I'm not going to do the tree. I'm not going to all the extended family things. I get really funny about being expected to attend events where I don't see or talk to the people for the entire year and then Christmas Day or near Christmas Day, I'm expected to go and be with them. And it's like the last time we spoke was last Christmas. I feel like Christmas gets done backwards I would much rather spend Christmas with the people I actually interact with and see and socialise with. I don't know. I just, every year I make this statement. Every year the spirit of Scrooge takes my body. But as you all know, every year I just get a whiff of pine and then the pink Christmas trees up. We're picking a theme. Oh, God, I just, oh, no. Oh, no, I just felt something happen. I just, I just felt my brain just got heard the word theme and now I'm thinking about what's my theme this year for Christmas. This means I might have to go and get new baubles. Maybe we need a new colour Christmas tree. Where am I going to put it? Can I rope everyone in? Can we have a night where we're playing Christmas carols and decorating the tree? Oh, you all witnessed Christmas take over my body. Damn it. Damn it. I felt it. I felt the exhilaration of hyperfixation take control. Oh, no. I'm going to do it and I'm just looking at a giant disco ball in my office. All right, fine. Christmas is back on. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Christmas is back on. Other than that, my bar humbugging, how are you? I'm really good. I had a great weekend in Albury, Wodonga. Riverina represent. Bow, 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 bow. They were air horns. 
I my mum's side of the family are from that area, so it was nice to trek back to Albury. Odette came. She was a designated minder from my family. I can't be sent on my own to things anymore. Everybody knows that. So somebody comes along to mind me and it was Odette and it was wonderful to have her locked in a car. I never get to spend that much time with the 16-year-old because as you know at 16 they're just desperate to be away from you. So I had her locked at a high speed in a car for three and a half hours. She sat there with noise-cancelling headphones on the entire time but still I was able to put my hand on her knee every 30 minutes. That was great. But she came up and uh, I got to address the Albury Women's Business Association, Albury Wodonga. I severely underestimated and forgot how country women turn it out, girl. This was a corporate event that I was booked for and I turned up in my most beautiful corporate mermaid linen frock (laughs) and sparkly Dorothy shoes thinking, I'll turn it down. I'll turn it down. This is a corporate event. I walk in and I'm greeted by somebody who looks like literally Elsa from Frozen. And I go into the entire, the ball, and all the women, the business women of Aubrey, sequins, chill, amazing leopard print suits. Like they heard I was coming and they got dressed up. I swear to you, spray tans, nails, makeup. Every salon in Aubrey must have been going flat chat from 6 a.m. Somewhere in a heap, there were some exhausted hairdressers. And the woman is the head of the Aubrey Business Women's Association. She's also a hairdresser, a beautician, and she was handing it over to another beautician hairdresser. I loved it. I gave my little speech. I love giving speeches. Quite frankly, if you work for a corporation who can afford me, get me in. Truly, I'm expensive, but I'm worth it. I love showing up to huge corporate events and just blowing their heads off. But the Aubrey women, they were, Aubrey Wodonga, business women, they were up for it. They answered every call, every challenge. I had such a great time. I really, really did. So if you were there, thank you so much for coming. And thank you for dressing up. I see you. And at the start of my speech, I give every woman in the room the opportunity to just leave behind any guilt she's feeling being there, any uncomfortableness, any worry. I know the run-up it takes to attend these events. I see you all and I just want to hold you. I want to hold you in my sweaty hands for the next hour or so. That's what I do. But I had a wonderful time. I really, really did. What else have I got to catch up on? Well, on Friday, tomorrow, if you're listening on Thursday, tickets officially go on sale for our Melbourne show. We're part of the Malthouse Summer Outdoor Series. Some great other people performing. We're giving you two shows. The first one is nearly sold out already. That went on sale just for our extra subscribers. And now a second show has gone on sale. February 21 is the second show. Tickets on sale Friday. Get in, be quick. They will sell out. It's a smallish venue. It's really intimate. There's proper wine glasses, proper snacks. Michael and I are going to do a show. I'm going to do some singing. It's going to be a lovely little, oh, it's going to be delicious. It's going to be so nice. Outdoors. We love an outdoor show. Snap the tickets up if you are in Melbourne or you're in Victoria around mid-February. I know that's around the time Taylor's going to be here. You know, Taylor and I, similar size venues. (laughs) That's all I think I have to tell you. Enjoy what's to come. Of course, this week we must discuss the run and kiss that stopped the world. I speak of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What else? We get to speak to resident Tay-Tay 
correspondent, M. Salida Cassie. She sent us an amazing email saying, I'm as unhinged as Swifties get and I would love to be your correspondent. So she got the job. We get all the guff from her. We also find out where Barbara is at with the Barbara Streisand autobiography. And I, well, I had to be in the hospital with my eldest child. And there's a story to that. Of course there is. So you've got all that to look forward to. Thank you so much for being here. Truly. Uh, enjoy. Play the music. Emsolators, you're only a what-if away from creating the perfect holiday. And right now, Emsolation listeners can get 10% off selected hotels. Go to whatif.com forward slash listen for details. What if it's Aussie for travel? Hey, lovelies. I'm back to send some love to the now 3,670 people that virtually hug us and help us keep this Thursday app free for everyone by subscribing to our premium service, Installation Extra. They get a personalised link that connects them to an upgraded podcast feed with exclusive content like two extra episodes every week, including the chance to ask Emma and Michael anything every Friday. They also get 20% off merch, and there's new merch coming soon involving catchphrases like everything's problematic, and to be fair, uh, they also get access to ticket pre-sales and so much more. So to help Em keep this delightful little independent neurodivergent podcast alive, please support us for less than $2 a week at msolation.supercast.com now. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas, this is Emsolation. Michael Lucas sitting opposite me. I just, there's no point in even trying to talk about anything else first. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yep. Running and kissing. Travis Kelsey yeah. is occupying more real estate in my brain than I care to acknowledge. Okay. Yeah. I got the information to you first. Correct? You did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you when you saw the footage? I was walking on High Street in Northcote, which proved to be a health hazard. Because <laughs> I immediately went into a loop of watching and re-watching and stepped into traffic. <laughs> Really? I know, it was I bad. It. it was quite bad. Well, it's because I heard the did, 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 did of the cross thing, but it was the other cross, and I just wanted to hear this car beep. So I, I almost, Taylor and Travis did almost end my life. Oh. When I got you're up. You're about to say what? Good way when to go. I, when I got <laughs> up to deliver happy. the eulogy. <laughs> you were like, let's just watch another five times the footage <laughs> that led to this very tragic event. <laughs> not going to happen. I'm going to go before you because you'll have to organise my funeral because I'm not good at organising. I can't organise yours. You will have to go before me because it will His close. Last... I, mean, I can't. I can't. And also you'll need to like get the family through, make sure Elio's okay. You will be organising it. If, if you go before me, quite frankly, you're fucked. You'll just, you can bring the sound <laughs> effects board and your eulogy can just be good for her and then the, the <laughs> no, no, change the subject. Thank you, everybody. Hi, gay. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, Michael's loving husband. Hi, gay. He's here. <laughs> Let's not touch all the wood. Jesus, don't even. I hope it. he makes it to heaven and then at the heavenly gate someone says to him, Hi, gay. <laughs> and then he gets reincarnated centuries from now, and as soon as he comes out of the womb, Hi, gay. <laughs> it just mean anything. <laughs> Hi, gay. Okay, so 
If you are not up to speed, and I know you all are, Taylor resumed her tour in Argentina mm-hmm. and we saw Travis there. Now, Travis started out this experience in a corporate box at the top of the nosebleeds and now through sheer manifestation and friendship bracelets, mm. he has found himself in the family and friends floor tent. That's right. Do you think this was ultimately about just getting premium tickets? For I Taylor? guess so. <laughs> because I respect it if it was. Because not only was he in the family and friends floor tent, mm. he was there with her dad. What's That's Taylor's right. dad's name, James? Oh, fail! <laughs> what a fall from grace. What's Taylor's dad's name? Hang on a minute. Hey, Siri. What's Taylor Swift's dad's name? Scott Swift is Taylor Swift's father. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Should have remembered that one. Should have. So Scotty Swift is there. Yeah. What a great name. Mm. Scott Swift. Yeah. And he is videoing Travis. I need access to that iCloud. Where is Scott sending those videos to Taylor's mum? Hang on a minute. Hey, Siri, <laughs> what's Taylor Swift's mum's name? Andrea Swift is Taylor Swift's mother. Okay. So she, he's obviously sending those to Andrea. Mm-hmm. And we never once saw Scott Swift doing that for Joe Unwin. Unwin? Was that his name? Alwyn. 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 For the last boyfriend? Didn't never. We? So I wanted to understand what it looked like when Joe was at the Reputation Tour. So I went and Google imaged Joe at the Reputation Tour. Oh, he yeah. looks like he's there under duress. Right. He is not there dancing. He's got his sour-ass face on like someone's got a gun to the back of his head. Yeah. He's not enjoying himself. Right. Not like our Travis. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, I love so many things about this. Okay. First of all... <laughs> She has spent her life having her enthusiasm endured and not enjoyed. Gosh, who could imagine what that might be like? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor gets excited like a little kid. She has a wanderlust for life. She has a youthful life force in her and Mm -hmm. things excite her. And you can tell she's been around people that have just gone, shh, shh. And the boyfriends we've discussed, she dated men cats. Male cats. They're all... Oh, she needs a dog. Is that what you're saying? She got a a golden retriever. Yeah. And this guy also is showing straight white men everywhere. Be your wife, partner, girlfriend's biggest fan. Cheer squad. Oh, he fucking, he's her number one. He doesn't hide it. He knows all the words to her songs. Scott yeah. couldn't sing Flap Up if you had a gun to his head. <laughs> <laughs> I am obsessed. I really hope Scott disproves that on camera. <laughs> Should we call him? <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, sk- hey, Siri. Call Scotty Ice Barrow. Let's see if Scott Barrow can sing Flap Up. Probably won't answer because he can see it's me on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of proves your point. (laughs) Now, why would you answer? I'm not. It's fine. Oh, this is good. Are you joking? <laughs> Uh-oh. He's screened. Um, I don't think Travis is screening Taylor yet. No. If Taylor doesn't answer, I well, mean, she she's has incapacitated. To, she has had a bed. No, she sounds pretty okay. strong. Actually, that might be funny. <laughs> okay. Hello. Oh. We were just saying that Travis Kelsey's singing along to Taylor's songs and we wondered if Scott Barrow could sing any of Flap Up. Yeah. But he's not answering his phone. Can you call him into your bedroom? He's not here. He's doing... He went out. What? He knew that. Where is he? I told you he went out last time we were on the phone. No, but he's supposed to be home looking after you all. Well, he's not. 
This is really... All right. We've uh, opened a Pandora's box here. I'm going to go check on the stalker app where he is. Goodbye. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, God. Lucky this isn't live. Where is he, little shit? What? Why is he there? If he's in Argentina, I'm going to really pay it. <laughs> Why is he back at that fucking bike shot cycle house? Is that where he is? Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, the thing I love is that he genuinely enjoys her and when you watch the footage as many times as I have, okay, so you you describe it, you describe the footage of her running. Do you think this was preordained? I have many questions. Okay, okay. My first question is, is... Did, when she's running towards him, is it the first time she's seen him since they've both been in Argentina together? What do you think? It felt like it was to me. I wish I knew that information. Or had they been hanging out beforehand? We are going to be getting Cassie, okay, our Taylor correspondent. Like she's on... probably got flight tracker on Travis. She's I would probably, say so. Or Taylor's jet. <laughs> um, so what happens is she's clearly, it's post-show. Yeah. And she's being sort of, Walked, I imagine, from the stage situation to the backstage situation. There's a little part where she... And he's... Where she's visible to a small portion of the crowd, I would say. But she would know that there were people there that were... A hundred percent. And then he's standing at the entrance to the private area, fully on display, mind you, grinning, hands behind his back, which is... I focused on a lot. Me too. Yeah. So she sees him. Yeah. And clearly, maybe it feels like, unless it's been very carefully staged, which it could have been, feels like it's a bit of a surprise and she starts running, races towards him and then fully, like, wraps her arms around his neck and then gives him a pash and then they, he swings around oh. and then they wander off and then behind a black curtain, presumably to have sex. Have sex. Well, I of think course. they're going to have sex and also not speak because she needs, she doesn't speak in between the shows. Can't speak. Silent she can sex. moan. Yeah. Um, no, no, you can't even moan. It puts pressure on your larynx. Okay. But she can hum. Humming's very good for a cool down after a big sing. Mm. So you because you do have to cool your voice down mm. so she could hum during sex. He, when she's racing towards him, I think it's maybe the most electrifying part of it for me, and at least initially on the first 500 watches, <laughs> was his stance and demeanour. And it's the, so, the so cheeky true. smile, yep. but then hands behind his back. And what I liked hands behind his back was it was very much like, I'll let you decide. You'll set the tone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just tone. standing here. I'm here if you want me. Yeah, here if you I need. will respond. Good wing defence. And I've I've obviously positioned myself here, which is a little bit cheeky, yep. but I'm smiling yep. about it. Yeah. And you decide yep. what you want to do. And she obviously thought, I'm going to tonsil hockey right now. She knew. <laughs> yeah. We needed this shit. Like it was, it was Mr. Sheffield and the nanny season five. We're like, okay, guys, we get it. You're on. Mm. But we need you to fucking show us some Serious physical shit. Yeah, we've seen enough of Taylor in a box at the holding hands, yeah, cheering, yeah, like football. getting yeah, in yeah. and out we're, of cars. That image now. She knew. She knew that. She knew specifically that my interest was waning. Mm-hmm. And so this this kiss. Oh my god! It it gave everything I wanted. And I imagine because he's so powerful, he picks her up, he spins, and he. I imagine that's the move. You know that they can because pick her up and have the sex. On okay, a wall yeah. or a kitchen bench, mm, or mm. it was just hot. I just everything about it was hot, and the fact that he's there and he's dancing and he's singing and he's holding up a sign, which I don't get, but we'll ask Cassie to explain. Okay, we will stay. The sign said, "I don't really get it." Let's get Cassie. I just want everyone to know Cassie sent us an email and it said, 
If you ever need a Taylor correspondent who is totally unhinged and knows everything that has ever happened and every theory in existence, I am your girl. Not joking, my Taylor knowledge would dominate Michael's Madonna knowledge. Love you guys. I mean, she got the job. That's all it took. Okay, let's get her on. Cassie? Hi. How are you? Oh, you know, just in a strategy day, living my best life. We love that we now have an official Tay-Tay correspondent. Woo. Cassie, we're obviously all a flutter over the recent footage of Taylor running and kissing Travis. Mm-hmm. Same, same thing. Michael has questions first up. Yeah. Love what did it. you want They're to know? very specific. Yeah. So at the concert, mm-hmm. Travis was holding up a sign, a printed sign that said, we will stay. Yeah. And now I thought that maybe he was holding up a sign that was like what song he wanted her to sing as one of the surprise acoustic songs later. Yeah. But I don't believe she ever sang a song called We Will Stay. So what was the sign for? Okay, so there's a part in her song The Archer from the Love Eye album yeah. um, that uh, in the bridge it asks who, like when she's anxious, she repeats lyrics over and over again. So she asks who will stay, who will stay, who will stay. Uh, and then the final line is we will stay uh, or you will stay. Sorry. So then it's a thing at the tour where we're all going. Um, we put up a sign saying we will stay. So oh we're God. answering that question. M's a flutter. I think she just ovulated. I, I love don't him. know. <laughs> she is. I love him. That's the best if possible he, answer. If he fucks this for us, I will be so mad. <laughs> she could fuck it too. No. It's always them. So, yeah. So it's different. Like when you think of Travis to where you think of Joe and not to put the men against each other, but we absolutely are putting them against each other. Mm. Like Joe used to sit there in a cap looking really sullen and cool, too cool for school, where <laughs> Travis is making the friendship bracelets. He knows the calls. He knows the dances. He know, he made the little sign oh. that something all the Swifties do. Like he's actively getting involved in the fandom. Yeah, you, yes, someone else has made a similar analysis. <laughs> She's feeling pretty clear. I'm here for it. He's a Swiftie. He is an, an out-and-out Swiftie. He is a fan. He's a f- literal fan of his partner. And that is what all men yes. should be. I fucking love yes. it. He's watching his girl succeed and he's, like, not stepping on her toes. He's totally supporting her. Now, Cassie, Michael also wanted to know something else. I think this will be a lot of a, a lot harder, but I, let's see how. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're all familiar with the footage when she races towards mm-hmm. him and throws her arms around him and kisses him, which mm-hmm. we're absolutely assuming is like as soon as the show is finished, right? Like she gets off stage yep. and that's what happened. Now, yep. our question is, <laughs> did, was that the first time they saw each other in Argentina? Do you have any intel on that? Was it, uh, had he flown? No. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> go, Cassie, go, go, go. <laughs> so um, there's bits that we know and there's assumptions we're making, like okay. obviously. Um, but they had been out to dinner already, so we know it's not the first time they okay. saw each other. They might have um, planned it at dinner. Yeah, I just think he's delightful. And do you know what my favourite bit about that footage that no one yeah. is, well, the Swifties are talking about, but I guess the wider audience might not know, yeah. is, um, she's running up to him and mm. obviously they're in a public place. He's so fucking respectful that oh, yeah. he's got his arms behind his back and uh, he's letting her decide yes, the look. level of, I guess, um, public display. <laughs> we did we, talk about that. We, yeah. we, don't, we, worry. don't worry, we've we're identified tragic. that. I think oh, we yeah. can call ourselves love selfies God. now. We really did. No, we love that. <laughs> so, but, okay, so the next question is, what's your read on it? Do you think that he was surprising her by being there? 
No. No, because we've already been to shows. Right, right, okay. No, 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 I meant, no I meant like stage. positioned at side yeah. of stage like that. Like, because it seemed like she, she, like she suddenly, it seemed like she got very excited and then raced towards him. I, um, well, she did that for Joe as well. We saw that in the Miss Americana documentary. So I think it, that the difference is, I guess, that that was backstage where this is in the public. Mm. But we've already seen footage like pre-Travis time of her running up to say her dad. So, right, right. Or running up to her mum after the show. So I think it's like a common place yeah. for like people in her team. Have we ever seen Scott Swift as involved with a boyfriend mm-hmm. as we are seeing right now? I think like Scott is always been pretty supportive. Like he might have had favourites and not favourite boyfriends. Mm. Um, but I think he, he, it's always been a, a really important thing for her. has always been her family. She's been super obvious about that. So you can see through all of the boyfriends um, and significant relationships in her life, they've all been involved with her family at one time or another. Mm. So I don't think that fits particularly new. I just think the commentary around it is much more new and involved and celebratory than it Mm. has been in a really long time. So do you think... This is her end game. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, even, and again, this is going down the Swifty um, way we've interpreted things. We welcome it. When she, thank you, love. Um, when she first started the Eras Tour, it's when they had, well, we didn't know exactly yet, but um, she was singing Lover, which is one of the opening, in the opening set. And she was looked like she was crying and it was really hard for her. This uh, week in weekend in Argentina just gone. When she's singing "Lover," she is beaming from fucking ear to ear, mm. and I think that. So, like, that's where you sit there and go, "We all fucking loved Joe until we stopped loving Joe." <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. I forgot we- she started this tour with a broken heart, and it was only it was quite, it was a little while into the tour when it was announced that they split up. Right, she was already touring yeah. when it was announced. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we and that's the thing where we all sat there and went, "Why is she sad? Like that's her and Joe's song." He was never at one of the shows, was no, he? No, he didn't. He saw all the rehearsals, but not the actual show. And now this tour has been going so long mm. <laughs> that she's like every song takes on a new meaning, and then to even mm. go to changing the words and oh god, I haven't I seen oh. the. Footage God. of her oh dancers God. reacting to that. Have you seen the footage of her dancers reacting to? Oh, and that's the thing I think yeah. nobody knew beforehand. Oh. Like that was not planned. I bet that was a hunt. Like Travis had no fucking clue that that was happening. <laughs> I've watched that footage over. Do you know? Over. Like, can I? Can I bring? Like, this is this is my only anxiety. I don't want to be. No, I don't want. No, okay, no, all right. I just said we're positive. Okay, all right. No, say it. We have to examine all angles. Go, do it. The only thing, having rewatched and rewatched and rewatched. Like so many times, my only pang of anxiety is oh, oh my god! I feel everyone. I feel like everyone's people are gripping their chairs. <laughs> I just detect in him an enjoyment of the people watching him as it of all course. happens, but and also oh, the yeah. fact that he has been on a dating show about like the fact that he's very keen. Yes. It doesn't seem to me like a foundation that you necessarily want for a long term because <laughs> that won't last. And what happens when that's gone? What happens when they're old news as a couple walking <laughs> around? I think that's actually the most interesting part of this is the first, like, sports person mm. she's 
actively dated that we know of. Mm. Um, and Fame Whore, the first one that like courts the fame, doesn't have it as a byproduct of their music or acting. Like he loves oh, it. Oh, he's got it as a byproduct of his. Yeah, but, no, 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 but no, he no, loves I think it. We can say yeah. he's dated lots of Fame Whores. I don't yeah. think that's new. Yeah, um, yeah. He 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 loves it. He loves being recognised. He loves yes. being Taylor's boyfriend. He does. Oh, yeah. Mate, so does yeah. Harry Styles. Like, let's... Harry. Can you remind me? I This is so weird. I can't remember what the various fan communities made of the Harry Styles-Taylor Swift relationship it, at the time. It was it, obviously it was in the Cretaceous period. It was so long ago Don't now. they hold and, the, to the highest esteem? Isn't that what you all secretly want is her and Harry? Yeah, look, um, I, no, I think there is... So I don't think they want her and Harry like back together anymore, but they love that, that I guess it was an unproblematic relationship. And I'm putting that with an asterisk that I'm going to come back to. Is <laughs> it was, Yes, I have a PowerPoint slide. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is, until the most recent album release, it was the unproblematic relationship. They still um, were, I guess, friendly mm. when they saw each other at award shows they still mm. we, we don't know if they talked but it looked like they talked and they were all fine but yeah but then the new 1999 Taylor's version came out and is it over now came out and that fucking dragged Harry mm. oh about the models the blonde models yeah yeah I know and See. like thank hey, love it mm. um so then we were all sitting there going, but but we loved Harry. Like, mm. what, do we not like Harry anymore? We thought, we're so confused. <laughs> we thought we were on good ground. Do you think that's what drove him to shave, shave his, his head? head. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a Britney. And yeah. also, what do you think of his hair? I hate it. Hate it. So hate much. it. I love it. That kind of close crop oh, really? look does look yeah. better on Travis Kelsey. I've you, got to say. Really? you think you're unhinged. Let me tell you about my deep dive into Harry Styles' possible no, wig. Go for it. Love. Harry Styles was wearing a toupee at some point. He's clearly been doing the Rogaine, whatever, the he, heart medication. He does look like he's got a lot right? of receding. There was a whole TikTok stream dedicated to proving Harry was actually bald. Look at his hair fly off in this video. It's crazy. Like, look at it close up. You can't tell me that's not fake. Is Harry Styles wearing a toupee in this picture? I think Harry must have seen those TikToks and his mm. team's like, right, shave it off. People need to see your amazing hairline. So his hairline when he was younger was right back here and now yeah. it's back down here. Yeah. So he shaved it off because he's been doing the... Yeah. The medication, the Rogaine, whatever happens. And I think that was just a bit of a, fuck you, stop talking about my hair. Look at my luscious hairline. I'm shaving it off. So oh, there's my... It's the kind of insight you can get on this. <laughs> here for it. Didn't even know that was true because I don't go yeah. down that rabbit hole. I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. I could, I found things where they've got like slow-mos of his hairpiece flying up while he's on stage. <gasps> yeah. I'll get them for you. Don't worry, I'll send them. Please get them. Yeah, I will. <laughs> all right. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for fulfilling all we need in our Tay-Tay discussion. We're, we're so excited to see what's next. Thank you, Cassie, thank so you. much. Thank you. thank you. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. 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 Well, there wow. you go. I mean, what, a, yeah. what more could we want? Can I just say that Scott may not know the lyrics to Flubber, but it did occur to me in that conversation that one thing Taylor has done for every romantic partner is written about four songs about each of them. Have you ever written a song about Scott? Yeah. And for Scott, what is it? Flap up. (laughs) 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 He rang me back. Can we call him and see if he can sing it? Okay. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) 
going to be like, hey, what? Hello. Hi. Hey, can Hi you there. do me a favour? Michael and I are sitting here having a wager if you know the words to flap up or not. I couldn't sing them right now, but I, I, oh. if I was on, I could join in most of it. Like, what bits could you sing? Flap up. It's a new way to be, feel. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> that was beautiful. Except it was wrong. That was really touching. <laughs> I don't know that Travis is telling Taylor to fuck you, but ah, anyway. <laughs> oh, romance isn't dead. Okay, thanks, babes. All right, that was a setup, wasn't it? Yeah. As usual. Oh, see ya. <laughs> okay, bye bye now. Go home to your children. Goodbye. Ah, <laughs> oh, romance. I really hope at the Sydney live show, is Scott going to be up in Sydney? No. no of course he's not. Damn it, because it would be really funny if we positioned him and at the end of the show you raced towards him and recreated it. I would really love it. <laughs> I mean, we could. We could. We could if we wanted to. Gang, last week my middle child Odie and I travelled to Albury-Wodonga for a short stay so Mummy could do a speech and meet the glorious kick-ass businesswomen of the area. And you know what? i got to say... I was living for a delightful regional escape. And here's the thing. What If is already onto this as a new travel trend for 2024. With new hotels, restaurants and experiences popping up across the country, Regional Australia now offers an entirely new experience and they're calling them regional glow-ups. I love that. You're only a what-if away from a glow-up getaway with a whole new range of exciting openings outside of the city. From Lawn and Geelong in Victoria to Newcastle and Belgian in New South Wales and Kira in Queensland, there's just so many brilliant options awaiting you. Now's the time to start planning your 2024 getaways on the What If app. You can book accommodation, flights, car hire and more. What If? It's Aussie for travel. I gotta say thanks to each and every one of the 3,670 people who subscribe to our premium service, Emsolation Extra. Each one of you keep this Thursday episode free for the over 65,000 people who listen each month. You help us pay our rent and our staff, including my wage, and you're also important to us. And obviously, M isn't a hugger, but I bloody well am, and I would squish you with deep hugs of thanks any day for your commitment to us. If you haven't become a member of our premium service yet, here's what you're actually missing out on. You get two bonus episodes every week. They're the chaotic, hilarious, unmasked versions of this show. Em and Michael get to go deeper, they spend more time having fun, or just deep diving on stuff that they love. From uh, Ask Me Anything, which is out every Friday where they answer your questions, no matter how bizarre. And then every Tuesday, you get conversations from Em with inspiring and wonderful people, like we had uh, Matilda Bosley, Kaz Cook, the list goes on, Dr. Golly. There's also Love Nundrums with her daughter Chella, uh, The Marriage Diaries with her husband Scott. So many episodes, over 53 waiting for you. You also get access to close friends on Instagram, pre-sale tickets to our shows, discount merch and so much more for $1.72 a week if you do a yearly plan or $2.49 a week if you do monthly. You can easily gift it to someone too. So if you're looking for a Chrissy present this year, jump on it. We would love you to come join the 3,670 bloody legends that help lift up this little podcast and 
and ensure it survives for all of us to enjoy. Head to msolation.supercast.com to be a part of our premium service and start enjoying the perks today. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Hey, how are you going with Babs? I've given up. <laughs> I knew you would. Yeah, nah. Okay, well, I'm about 23 hours into it, so at not yet halfway. That's wild. <laughs> I know. We're in A Star Is Born. Okay. Look, she talks a lot about food. <laughs> uh, I'm getting the sense that there Give was... me some of your best food and, like, what, when you say she talks about food, do you mean that she's eating or just her opinions in general? It was like, honestly, once she spoke for five minutes about how once she ate a brownie, but there were no walnuts in the brownie. What is the point of a brownie if it doesn't have walnuts? Sometimes if I get a brownie that doesn't have walnuts, I'll take walnuts and just shove them into Can the brownie. Can you imagine? Yeah, she talked about that. Like, she really likes to talk about food a lot. Didn't you say she took credit for Watergate? <laughs> kind of. Good kind of. I can't remember it. I Like, basically, she did a benefit concert to help as some sort of political candidate that put pressure on Nixon and the whole Watergate scandal happened. She was congratulating them afterwards and then, he, and then the guy said... Um, but Barbara, it was all part of a chain and you were a key part in that chain. She's like, and how amazing to think that my concert <laughs> played such a part in a pivotal moment in American history. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah, that was there. She also, like, basically she goes, I've hired a researcher to, to go back and, and look at all the reviews I got over the years. She's not afraid to read them. Like, they're, they're no. a long section and they're glowing. No. Like, it's like... It's just this person going on for ages and it's like going, she's the voice of a generation. She's, she's, she acts through song. Like it's impossible to put into words what she feels. And then she'll go, God, it's a good writer, that critic, isn't it? So insightful. Like that is amazing. I just should say I'm loving it and loving her. But uh, the, I mean, the astonishing thing is the run of terrible men that yes. she's in relationships with, how problematic they are. It's wild. She was such a superstar. She was the biggest actor in film and people could just wander in her life treat her like absolute shit tell her they just announced to her i'm just going to produce your next record she'll be like oh have you ever set foot in a music studio no but that she'll she'll go i had to do all the work but i gave them the credit like it, it like it's wild thank god she got james brolin who knows his place oh again james brolin similar to a travis kelsey it, there are actually a lot of similarities. So many similarities. Yeah. Like genuine fans of their partners. And look, Barbara has done many concerts where she has put up projected images of James Brolin and sang like evergreen to him. And I feel like we're just inches away from that. In fact, by the time Taylor comes to Australia, we're probably going to get Travis on all the screens. <laughs> and she'll probably do. I'm so excited. She'll probably dedicate Lover to him. Amazing. So you think you'll finish? Well... <laughs> Look, I, people might remember that I was sceptical about how far I was going to get. So I'm, I think I'm pretty good to be almost halfway. The only thing is when I think like it's, it's I, I feel like is the 90s really going to deliver the Barbara content that I'm going to be riveted by? And how much do I want to hear about her and James Brolin? I have no doubt she ate some great meals in that period. <laughs> and we will have heard, we'll hear about them. We'll hear about all of them. She met Melbourne's come up oh. when she was in Australia she tell stayed. my tell the Melbourne story, then tell my favorite Queen story, the one where she says England knows how to treat it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she oh, comes Melbourne, to Melbourne. Melbourne, it's just that 
that she stayed in a hotel. This is the only comment about Australia is that there was an amazing Chinese restaurant and there was a particular kind of dumpling that they served and she ate it for breakfast, lunch and dinner <laughs> the whole time. When I think of Melbourne, yeah, that's I think right. of the dumplings. So far. I mean, I'm hoping we make another return appearance. Her, her observation about the Queen, this does come up in the book. It's one of her favourite observations. Oh, it's my favourite. So she was always a bit disrespected on American sets and always depicted as being too controlling, too mouthy, you know, basically... Because she, she offered ideas. And as she will tell you repeatedly, it's not about my way winning. It's about you contribute ideas and you see what the best one is. That's that's my attitude. But a lot of people, their ego, they can't handle it. And they can't handle it from a woman. And so she gets attitude. She gets attitude all the time. But that was not the case in England when she where she went to direct Yentl. And she loved the food in England. She loved the food. The she scones, got some the cream. Oh, she loves the cream. She loves everything. Yeah, yeah. And then on Yentl, she did. She'll talk about how she had the. She ordered pasties with the warm meat inside. <laughs> she'll talk about that a lot. But she loved the way the crew treated her, and she has a theory about it. And that is that is because <laughs> she thinks that British people can handle a woman director because because they have a queen. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. They also at the time had a female uh, Prime Minister in Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Yeah. great. Well, I wish you well on your journey. I have tapped out. Mm. (laughs) When she said, and I said to James, what's the phone? How do I turn this on? What's going on? Why is there a camera? I was like, what do you mean you you don't understand phones? uh, I'm out. That's why. There's also some bits, sorry, just one last bit. Okay. So bits where you're like, What? Like there's like Judy Garland came around to her house, went to a party, and and you know they were really close, and Judy was quite motherly to her, and then clutched her hand and goes, Barbara, don't let them do to you what they did to me. And then Barbara says in her narration, which by the way is always so slow, but she goes, I don't know what she mean by that. I wish I'd asked her. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Judy Garland's story is the most famous Hollywood story of all time. Just Google Barbara. Like, what do you mean you don't know what she meant by that? How do you not know? Also, we've realised she delivers. Her story, I've had to listen to it on 1.5 because it's Whoa. very slow. She delivers it at the pace of Old Rose in Titanic. It's very much <laughs> it's very much like the beds had never been slept in. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ship of dreams and it really was. <laughs> like it's, it's wild. I love it. Well, I've been at my daughter's hospital bedside. <laughs> The last two days. I'm Florence fucking Nightingale, I am. I mean, I am the Epworth Hospital's worst nightmare. I was going to say selfless and quiet about it. Is that what it is? So first of all, Chella says to me, I've got my operation on Monday. I mean, I said, you haven't written it on the family calendar. So she's gone and done this whole thing herself without me. She found a surgeon. She did the surgical appointments. She's done it all. Not involved me at all. And I'm like, fine, you do it. Fine, fine. And then she says, I got my surgery on Monday. Um, Scarlett will drop me off. I said, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Who will be dropping you off? She's like, I'm my friend. I said, I beg your pardon. Mm. Marcella has never spent a night in hospital. I take this as a personal, like, rubber stamp of excellent mothering. My child has never spent the night in hospital by the night she was born 22 years ago. Mm. And so I said, no, I will be taking you to the hospital, thank you very much. She's like, oh, you can just drop me off. I said, oh, what? Is this Mm. the first time you're meeting me, your mother, of Mm. your entire life? Mm. She thought, I'll just drop her off. 
at the little roundabout thing and just head off about my day. <laughs> so I got myself a park. I walked her up to pre-admission and then she's like, you can go. I said, if you say that one more time, I'll fucking camp in the operating theatre. I will scrub in. If you keep telling me to go, I will go in there and I will assist on the fucking surgery. This bitch trying to get rid of me. And Do the nurse, you think maybe? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Do you want to continue on? Because <laughs> whatever you're about to say, you're wrong. Okay. Go. No, no, by all means. Go on. Say it. I'm think, just going to hover over this okay. button. Do you think she might have been concerned about managing your feelings and emotions in the situation as well as her own? Big mistake. Big. Huge. I was just fine. I was really beautifully hovering around like I was I was cracking jokes with the nurses. I was taking photos. Like it was like I was um, I was being an amazing stage mother at this point in time. What were you, what was your outfit that you wore? Oh, I for... really carefully considered my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went with a pair of like quite young '90s baggy denim jeans because I I wanted them. As soon as I said I'm her mum, I wanted them to do what I always get and gives me a thrill. Ah, oh, you mean sister? Mm. So I wore jeans that were way too young for me. I wore um my statement Crocs and I had like just a little tuck. No, it was quite it was quite cash. And I had in my backpack, Josh Lyman. And so um, we checked her in. She got all her stockings and stuff on. And, and as she's walking into, into surgery, she says to me, just go home. I said, I will not be go- I'll be here when you wake up. And so they take her in and I said to them, how long? And they're like, look, we don't know. We'll give you a call. And I'm like, can you give me a ballpark, ladies? Mm. Just a ball- few hours. What the fuck is a few hours? Mm. So I leave the hospital. I go over to get myself some food. I cut a lap of Richmond. It's about 3.30. I left her at 12.30. Mm. And I Googled how long does an knee reconstruction take? And apparently it takes three hours. So mm. I'm starting to think, well, I must be getting a phone call pretty soon, right? Mm-hmm. Surely Chella's given them my phone number to call me when the surgery's over. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting. I find myself a little waiting room. And then I'm like, oh, this is... T- I'm sat in the cafeteria. It was too noisy. So then I went up to the ward. Mm-hmm. I went and asked what ward she would be delivered to and what was her room so I could be waiting for her. I wasn't allowed to go into the room. Mm-hmm. So they said, you can go and sit in the small side lounge. Stunning view. View of the mm-hmm. MCG, oh, yeah, the city. It. it was... Oh, I couldn't believe the view. Yeah. So I'm sitting there reading my book, <laughs> just sitting at 5.30, rolls around. I'm like, what the... F- Has there been complications? <laughs> so I head back out to the nurse's station. I'm like, oh, just me again, guys. <laughs> just wondering uh, if she's coming up. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll give them a call in a minute. I'm like, okay, okay, can you just let me know? I'm just surrounding the, just surrounding the lounge. Like, okay, <laughs> sure, sure. with the view. So I'm there, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and I stick my little head out. Every time I hear something, I'm like, meerkat, I'm up. And I look around the corner and I see her being wheeled in. And I didn't get up straight away. Be so proud of me. Mm. I counted to 30. I imagined them wheeling her into the room, getting the bed ready. Like I was just, I was very patient and gracious. Mm. And then I walked into her room Mm. and she burst into tears when she saw me and needed a hug. So fuck you, fuck you, (laughs) fuck you. I was right. Imagine if I wasn't there for that moment. Imagine. Imagine. 
Because there's so few times your grown-ass adult daughter cries and says, Mum, and needs a hug. Uh, and I was fucking there. Yeah, you were there. I was there. <laughs> Everything in my life led to that moment in that hospital room and she was sharing it with a lady that witnessed it. Oh! <laughs> I mean, where's my fucking... <laughs> But if there was a university, if there was a university handing out degrees on motherhood, I fucking graduated yesterday with a Bachelor of Legendary Mothering status. My daughter cried and needed a hug. I think think more than anything it's the attitude that's similar to Florence Nightingale. Just all of it. Florence, cut a lap of Richmond, beautiful view in the waiting room, and then fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, she needed me. That is... There is an addendum. There is an addendum. They had given her ketamine. (laughs) 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 And I don't want to say that may have softened the defences of the 22-year-old <laughs> and possibly she felt disorientated because they've given her a horse tranquilizer. <laughs> you don't want to say that. But what you will say, you will just give a bit to Odie and a bit to Elio and just see. See who needs mum now. I would not. <laughs> no, of course not. So all's well that ends well. She's home now. I went back and picked her up this morning. At one o'clock this morning she texted me. She said, I just had to piss in a bedpan and it was the most humbling experience of my life. Mm. So she was putting up going to the toilet, putting up going to the toilet, and I'm like, just press the call bell. Again, mummy's required. So she pissed in a pan and you know what? Fucking good because that child needs hardships in her life. That child has never known tough <laughs> or what it is to be climbing a mountain in Palm Springs in 48-degree heat. This was her Palm Springs. This was her mountain. Pissing in a pan in the middle of the night in a hospital bed. <laughs> I'm like, one day you'll have to draw on that experience. Thank That's God. exactly what Florence said to the World War One soldiers. Good! <laughs> So she pissed in the pan. She experienced some hardship. She, she'll go on to do great things now. When she they will. say to her, what's the source of your trauma? She's got it now. She's got the source. <laughs> She's got the source. It'll be. It'll <laughs> anyway, picked her up this morning. Great. Got her into the car. Got her home. Got I'm. Odie's in the middle of year 11 exams. Elio's got four year, grade four, fucking four-year-old kinder orientation this week. I was going to say grade four. Jesus Christ. No, yeah. four-year-old kinder orientation. She doesn't want a bar of because it means yeah. a new teacher. Scott's in a South Morang bicycle <laughs> store. <laughs> I mean. Can I just tell you, it's a special kind of terror as the parent of an autistic child when their routine's about to change. Mm. So it's taken us eight months for him to be agree- agreeable to even go to kinder. Mm. But he does walk in, put his hands on his hips, surveys everything and says, on board, 30 seconds in, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So now we have to explain, new teacher, new kids, different environment. I'm like, this kid has just done his first wee at kinder this week. Mm. It's horrendo. So now we have to get him ready for four-year-old kinder. There's just been a lot going on, mate. Mm. So I don't want to hear. What? Didn't you? (laughs) Didn't you send me a message saying you were going to go do a... Isolation tech. With what in it? Magnesium. Magnesium. I did it too. Imagine having... The kind of fucking life where you have the time to float in a magnesium (laughs) isolation tank. Imagine. Hi, gay. 
<laughs> having that kind of life. You wouldn't want to do it anyway. You'd hate it. It'd be your worst nightmare. At this point, I'd have to just pour some sack salt into a fucking cold bath. And like, <laughs> you don't like baths. I hate baths. You don't like And also, it's very claustrophobic if you're prone to that. No, I don't like any of that. But the thought of... I just cried in the shower this morning. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and ah, there you go, Emsolators, another bonkers episode. Okay, great. Well, that's it. Thanks, Michael. Bye, everyone. <laughs> what an elegant ending. This is Emsolation. Well, friends, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget, if you would like even more content, premium content, actually, you can subscribe to Emsolation Extra right now. Go to emsolation.supercast.com for all the details. Tickets on sale for our live show happening Friday. That's tomorrow on sale if you're listening on Thursday. Sydney, we're going to be with you in... 20 short days, probably less, 15 days, and we're down to the count. We are. We're very excited. Get your last-minute tickets if you can. Remember, no ticket's a bad ticket. I know there's only ones up the back available, but wouldn't it be great if we're all in the same room together? I'll come and visit you up the back. You know I will. Have a fantastic weekend or week ahead. Oh, also, go and watch all the videos on Emsolation. Ben edits them all, James shoots them all, and we put so much effort into it. The grid has the gold. Please, Keep doing the purple hearts. That way I know that you've seen it and you're interacting with it. That really, I love seeing all the purple hearts. Purple heart says, Em, I hear you. I see you. I've gone to look at the video. So keep doing that. We're living for it. All right, gang, great weekend or week ahead, depending on when you're listening, and we'll catch you soon. Bye. Righto. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I just want to remind you, you can help keep this little podcast alive for all of us by subscribing to our premium service, Emsolation Extra. You get two exclusive bonus episodes every week, including the chance to ask Em and Michael anything, and tomorrow... In AMA, they're going to reveal their favourite musicals and what's the most expensive thing that Michael's ever bought, uh, plus more of your questions that you want answered. You also get access to Instagram close friends, ticket pre-sales. We sold out a gig in Melbourne, 300 people, and that is just extra members because they got in early. There's also merch discounts and so much more. You can help give this independent neurodivergent-led podcast to more people. Support us for less than $2 a week on our yearly plan or less than $2.50 a week on our monthly plan. Get amongst it now at msolation.supercast.com. And of course, Emsolation with M. Rossiano is recorded at Down the Hill Studios. It's hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas, executive produced by me, Benjamin Wosley, produced by M. Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fenn, with videos by James Henderson. Socials by Ben Wosley, M. Rossiano, and Marcella Rossiano Barrow, with assistance from the lovely Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Get more insulation. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we also have a weekly newsletter and an insulation group on Facebook. Make sure you answer the question. I think the answer is Madonna. Maybe Harry Styles. Anyway, uh, please share this podcast with a friend. If you can, give us a five-star rating and make sure you follow us by hitting the follow button on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening and we will chat with you again next week. <laughs>